0: Everyone. Welcome to The Funnel, an experience-driven commerce podcast. I'm Shannon Abel, Media Marketing Specialist at Blue Acorn ICI and host. Each episode, I interview customer experience experts to discuss the latest trends and topics that matter most to brand and retail professionals. Today, we have with us Cedric Williams, analyst Consultant at Blue Acorn ICI. Welcome, Cedric.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome to. Yeah,
0: thanks. Before we hop in, could you just tell us a little bit about your background?
1: Uh, yes. Um, I've been in digital marketing since 2005 ish. Started with AdWords, Google AdWords, and paid search, then moved to Google Analytics. Uh, worked with Performance Bicycle, then also most recently worked with Adam and Eve or PHE as a director of marketing analytics. Uh, so that's where I really started infusing data science into at Adam and Eve, into uh, marketing analytics, and using it for understanding as a data scientist. And then I started with Blue Acorn in September two thousand nineteen, and love it. Uh, love the clients. Love the staff. It's a good environment to foster and grow.
0: Awesome. So you mentioned data science. That's going to be our topic that we're going to be talking about today, as well as advanced analytics. I know data science is kind of one of those buzzwords. I feel like people see a lot, but can you just talk a little bit about what data science is?
1: Yeah, Uh, you know, it's it's data science is like if you take it the the root meaning, it's like the study of data. But I think data science really is like a culture. It's almost like the data driven culture we talked about. It's the ability to take data, massive amount of data, to find insight and knowledge. And I think that's the ultimate you know, goal. And so it, it spans from cancer research to COVID research to digital marketing to experience, uh, digital experience. So uh, data science is a broad scope. But for us, when we say it, and of course at Blue and ICI, we're typically talking about marketing analytics and using it to optimize marketing campaigns, or optimize product selection and purchases. So that's kind of what data science is overtly. It's using data to gleam insights and knowledge.
0: And you mentioned you yourself consider yourself a data scientist. So what does that mean exactly? And how is that different from a data analyst?
1: You know, good question. I'll say this much. I think there's, there's a data scientist is someone who takes in statistics, software programming, and some kind of domain knowledge. We'll call it business knowledge for ourselves, for myself, but typically some kind of domain knowledge. And the intersection of that is where a data science a scientist lives. When you say an analyst, an analyst is gonna usually be, let's say sans the programming. They're not gonna be as heavy into uh, writing scripts in R or Python or Java. They're mainly gonna stick with an Excel and do a lot more what we call descriptive analytics, where we describe what happened and maybe why it happened, maybe some diagnosis and analytics, but they're not gonna go as deep into machine learning, predictive, prescriptive analytics, uh, things that a data scientist typically has in their bag of tools.
0: So would you also say that the data scientist is more, the architect of the data infrastructure that an organization would use compared to the you know, analyst?
1: No, I would, you know, it, it tried it, they tried it that way and it didn't really, you know, work out as well because the data scientists may not use all the data and they may be working on a certain slice of a project. So typically you'd have a an analytics architect who would know structure all the data and have it go into a warehouse Um, the data scientists would typically work off of a cdp a customer data platform and the data would be typically try to be clean so they can glean insights for various particular things Um, they tried at first companies in the past they when the proliferation of data scientists became like the buzzword everywhere was doing it they tried hiring people and just shoving a data scientist at a whole bunch of data and it really didn't work out, Uh, mainly because most of data science is cleaning and gathering data and getting it prepared. The modeling is like 20% of your time, 80% of your time was cleaning and getting the data and companies weren't prepared for the amount of time and amount of data they had. I wouldn't say that you wouldn't use a data scientist as an architect for your data. You definitely wouldn't have an architect, uh, data analytics architect, but you also need some other roles that a lot of companies typically don't tend to think about when they consider going down this data science path, and actually have like a, an algorithm that they develop in house. Is you're going to need a data engineer, you know, someone who can actually pipe in that data, grab the data from the warehouse, and put it into the CDP, clean it, mix in new APIs, kind of, kind of like ease the burden the data scientist was previously having back when the industry first started.
0: So you can't You're just hire I mean. a single data scientist to say, okay, now go make magic. Essentially you need a <laughs> team to really get the benefits of advanced analytics and gaining insights from it.
1: Yes, definitely, I mean, you can hire somebody if you want to, but it will just lead you right to us because they're going to be like confused. They're going to have a problem trying to launch this model. Like I say, they do predict something. A lot of our clients, we work with the publisher um, and they had a churn model and they were unable to launch the model. You know, they didn't, they didn't know how to implement this model. The Data scientists worked, you know, months and it was, it was became the baby of the department. Then we come in and we can help figure out a way to launch this because that is one of the hardest things is the data scientist has is letting go of their, their project and putting it out to the world. And so you need a team of people to a make sure that the tested, to ensure that's gonna be you know, valid data, to make sure you're not gonna let this automated process out in the wild and let it wreak havoc because it could probably target the wrong audience. It could maybe something gets flipped and it targets you know, your loyal customers, you know, your, your best ones instead um, and lowers your AOV. And this is something you would obviously prevent by doing testing, A-B testing and obviously validating your model. But yes, you can You can add someone there, but uh, you're going to need a team eventually. The person will be overwhelmed unless they start extremely small, like extremely small.
0: So what are some of the ways, and you started touching on this when talking about testing and targeting the right audience, but what are some of the ways a brand can benefit from a data science? Like I would imagine you either run into brands that either have a ton of data, but have no idea how to use it, or they have zero data and need a place to start.
1: So one of the ways, let's say you take the first one that someone has a ton of data and they want to know, hey, where do we start? We start the same way we start with everything else with an analytics team. What, is your, what are your business priorities? Where do you see the most bang for your buck? If we were to put a dollar to solve a question that would make your profit line larger, where should we put that energy? from that business requirement, then that's what we think about, you know, doing a discovery and figuring out how does your business operate? We want to have some kind of like domain knowledge to figure out what makes your customers tick, uh, what insights do you already know so that we don't waste our time gleaming what I call givens and just trying to acquire as much domain knowledge as possible and then formulate a hypothesis. Then, that's usually a lot of the companies probably have issues just in that first part, and when it comes down to going further, uh, like when we start talking about actually building the model and getting the data and all that together, um, a lot of the companies are not mature yet because even though they have a massive amount of data, they weren't collecting the right data. And so what will happen is you'll tell me, hey, I have page views and clicks and all this clickstream data, and I have some loyalty data, and as I go through your database, I'll see, hey, there's a lot of zeros missing here. Oh, yeah, we didn't fill out the zip code. We felt that wasn't important. Uh, we changed it here and we moved this around. And and so eventually we realized, oh, your data, you know, you have a massive amount of data, but it's not really valuable. And so we end up having to glean what we can out of there. And then from there, lead into acquisition of going back in with our architect team and trying to uh re-scope what data is being collected to make sure it's uh it's best needed for the models
0: when you say mature uh how would you define a mature organization in terms of data
1: if an organization has a cdp out in a data warehouse i would say they're mature and they're ready for data science because a data scientist can just start piggybacking off of the cdp in making models they'll see some benefits. Now with the CDP and you add a system like Adobe Experience Platform with that, and now you can get even more insights without having to add more uh, labor. But that's what I would call a mature person, a mature organization. And that's gonna be a large, you know, a multi-billion dollar organization. You do have um, some small organizations that have a data warehouse and they have clean data uh, and they're ready. But usually when the data scientist comes in, we start looking at the data and we see too many inconsistencies. People change patterns, data governance has not really been maintained. So uh, labels change and all of those little details that we said, oh, don't worry about it. Well, that comes into question when a model is looking at behavior to see if there is a pattern. The pattern it will discover is that, you, you know, that the corporation is inconsistent in labeling and that would cause havoc for any kind of model.
0: Right. And how does a CDP, this might be going too far down a rabbit hole, so, but how does a CB, CDP fit into an organization's overall digital ecosystem, you know, with their content management system, or if they have an e-commerce platform, email ma- marketing platform, you know, things like that?
1: So the CDP, it's usually behind or next to the warehouse. So it's going to get data that's that's for the scope of a data science project and maybe some other particular automated task. Uh, think of a CDP as like filtered water. Um, you have a body of water like a lake and that would be you know, a data lake or a data warehouse. And then if it was coming into you know, a filtration system uh, being stored for use in the future, like a well or something, maybe that would be what we consider like a CDP. And thus people can go in there and grab information that they knew was already, you know, minus, you know, COVID or whatever could be in the water. That's probably the best analogy. I could say how CDP fits into the ecosystem. So for the benefits of that is that your marketing department and your data scientists aren't spending a ton of time stitching data together, uh, trying to stitch in loyalty data with uh, CRM data, with email behavior, with clickstream data, with purchase data. Um, all that'll be stitched together cleaned so that you can get insights faster i think speed is going to be the next level of productivity the faster you can get to insights so you need to have clean data and a nice cdp and have that maturity so that you can glean insights much quicker than your competitor
0: so essentially gives you a unified customer profile
1: definitely it's kind of like a golden rule golden record so to speak you know that record uh, that customer has everything they could potentially associate with them. And then that algorithm can then find some trends that may exist outside of your clickstream behavior that may exist in maybe offline promotion uh, with a certain audience.
0: Are there any drawbacks or flaws against data science?
1: Yeah, so once we get into machine learning and AI, uh, we get into a point where drawbacks are unknown because we, the solution the computer may have, maybe one you didn't think of, and that's one of the drawbacks that data science, which is gonna use machine learning tools and AI technology brings. It's a huge drawback of making sure you test and you understand that it's not gonna give you a 99% accuracy off the gate. It's something that has to be developed over time, kind of like a dividend growth, you know, a slow growth. Uh, you're gonna hit you know, 60, 80% maybe from the start of accurate you know predictions and from there the next level may be 82 percent 83 percent. so you don't want to use it for something where you need precision that would be a horrible use unless you have a massive amount of data there are algorithms that are better suited for uh, highly precise predictions and prescriptions Uh, but for most of our clients they're using logistic regression or cluster analysis They're not going to receive that 99% accuracy that you would need if you're like a genome research uh, department.
0: What would be an example of a precision you're talking about? Like, what example would that be that would be a no no for a company to do?
1: Let's say you want to target a coupon uh, to uh, individuals who you think are uh, about to purchase based on their viewing of different product pages and. Uh, you have it set to time, like a time as a variable, but you didn't account for the fact that people could just walk away from a computer. And thus, maybe the audience, the algorithm would see time as a, as a factor of on, and maybe not time on a page, but time in general, and thus make the audience pool bigger. Now with that error rate, a bigger error rate, you're now giving out maybe a discount to people who shouldn't be getting a discount. They just left the page open and now you're giving out further discounts that's lowering your margin. And so that would be, you know, thus that's an actual real example that actually happened that we prevent it by making sure you have multiple features. So you just don't use time on the page or time on the site, you do time on a page, scroll length. The more features you can add to describe that behavior, uh, the better your model can be. But you don't wanna to go too detailed because then you're overfit your model and then it only target a very few number of people. And we need it to have some level of error so it can kind of grow and learn. Because uh, hence what machine learning is, is that you take new, new data streams, inject it back into the algorithm, it learns from that behavior and then adjusts the behavior uh, going f- uh, forward.
0: So we talk about artificial intelligence, machine learning. What are some of the ethical issues around these practices?
1: The best one for me is like, uh, I know we don't necessarily participate in this arena, though we would love to get Adobe's analytics for uh, automobiles, but it's autonomous driving. You know, we think about like the trucking industry and one of the major ethical issues I have is, is how do we use AI and when should we use it? Uh, once we use machine learning, there's a level that the data we have may be tainted. So we're going to get a tainted response. Also, there's a trade-off when we automate, you give up something. So in the level of autonomous driving, you have uh, semi trucks that are. Are going to be autonomous and driving themselves. And that's great because it's going to reduce, 200,000 deaths, I think is the estimate a year, but it's also going to put out 2 million workers. And so you have this dilemma of what is best for society and who determines that. And it shouldn't be in the hands of a software developer. It shouldn't be in the hands of a data scientist to determine the use of this technology and how it impacts society. So that's one of the major concerns is like, it's thinking about how how your AI machine learning is gonna impact your customers. We saw that with the Facebook Cambridge Analytica scandal and how people were using data then, and it changed the world's perception. Now we're aware that there's so much data on us. And so how will that data be used to, to track us or as we think, manipulate us? That's one of the major concerns. So companies need to, they need to take some guidance before they deploy these algorithms and not just throw them out willy nilly because they can do some uh, financial harm to the company obviously and also some social harm if uh, they're let loose and they're not they don't have any good guardrails
0: what kind of like what would be some of those guardrails for a company
1: some of the guardrails that a company can take to prevent themselves from you know machine learning or artificial impact uh, definitely work with a consulting agency test do pilot tests only, only serve your audience a small percentage it's It's really impossible to, for some algorithms, like especially when you get into deep learning and neural networks, it's kind of hard to predict or to explain why the machine learning algorithm behaved the way it did. It could have a, you know, a fuzzy logic, so to speak. And that's not gonna be interpretable to stakeholders higher up. And so that can cause some confusion. And if people try to glean insights from like a data scientist who really wants to use a latest cutting edge technology and that technology is not interpretable, then you're going to run across a lot of issues because a lot of these uh, algorithms have drawbacks that aren't shown on their uh, on their packaging, and so the data scientists will discover them but it's going to, the drawbacks are going to show themselves not through the algorithm, but through your data. So it's very difficult. So I would say testing is probably the most important piece that companies should do is testing, obviously, you know, stage development testing and making sure it's operational, but testing to a small percentage of your audience, you know, 1% and maybe doing some video testing, ensuring that this algorithm is in its gauge. I mean, it's doing the, the right behavior. Another thing you can do is also do simulations where you just run it a million times and you see like how the, how it behaves. Uh, that's probably what I would do is do some reinforcement learning and just run it over and over and over again to spot how it's running off the rails. And then we can build some guidelines into it as well. And so that's a very long answer that you can edit. And <laughs> from there, I think you could find an answer.
0: Okay. Are most companies ready for data science projects? And just as a follow up to like, Say they're not ready, what steps can they take this week or this month to put them on the path for data science projects?
1: Most companies are ready to start having a conversation or a discovery session about data science. And the first thing is to do is to a, make sure you have budget because it's, it can be an expensive practice. Next thing is to see what is it the business question or what are we trying to solve or improve? or increase the efficiency of and make sure there's enough bang for there. Then we probably wanna ask, are there some soft, off the shelf software components we can use that can give us maybe some low hanging fruit, You know, like product recommendation engines done through Adobe products. But let's say that we've already passed that or we're not interested in that, then mainly I would say you wanna reach out to a consulting company, have a third party kind of look at your company and see where data science first fits. Because looking at these general case studies and saying, hey, this worked for company XYZ, let's do that right there, that may not fit because their data set is different than yours. So, you know, we really wanna do a discovery where our analytics department would look at your data and see if we can gleam anything, any kind of exploratory analysis and gleam some insights to see if data science works with your corporation, I mean organization. If a company isn't ready at all, then it may be even better because then they can start building uh, the tools and setting up the CDP and setting up their warehouse to collect data and get clean data from the beginning. And that's always a great uh, feeling for any data scientist or analytics person is when they say, "Oh yeah, the data is clean." You know, it makes life a lot easier. So. I think those are your kind of two steps. But reach out to a consulting agency to help out set that up. I would not go alone. I wouldn't just hire a data scientists and throw them behind a whole bunch, you know, terabytes of data and say, find the insights. You know, it doesn't work that way. Uh, they're going to need a lot of support. And the quicker you give support, the faster you can get a return on your investment as an organization. Versus letting them, you know, leave me out there in pasture by themselves, and you're not going to see any benefits and you're gonna end up regretting, resenting data science.
0: Do you find there's commonalities in the problems companies are trying to solve with data science or does it really vary across the board?
1: It can vary across the board. It could be someone wanna filter down a prospect list for leads because they don't want their call center to go through all 200. They just wanna get the most qualified ones. It can go to uh, how Google's doing, image recognition for, uh, videos. Since the COVID is happening, everyone's uploading YouTube videos and they don't have the manpower. So you're creating an algorithm to scan the videos and see if it has inappropriate content or listen to the words, see if someone's cursing or not. So it really, it goes from all over. But what I would say, it's the most, the commonality amongst all of them is data and the need for it. an insight beyond what an analyst can do. You're looking for maybe like a real-time prediction or a prescription to a problem not just hey what happened yesterday more like this is happening what can we do to solve this you know so a kind of that step forward that's where data science really crosses all the different industries
0: well thanks cedric i appreciate you joining us today for those of you listening you can find any of our episodes pretty much anywhere listen to podcasts either apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify but until next time